to Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. And I'm Paula. Hello. We're back. Yay. Yay. Here we are, September. Favourite day, podcast day. Yes, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. I know. We're just going to jump right in. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've been just so dying to talk to you about this book <laughs> we were just saying about how it's we're a bit late recording this month because there's just been so much happening oh yeah here at the library so um yeah it's a busy month yes tail end of book week now that's done conferences conferences all sorts all so. sorts of things yeah so. so here we are here we are finally talking about LMNOP by mark dunn by mark dunn yes now do you want to do the blurb well I can give – why don't you do the blurb and I'll do um, – I've got a little bit of info about him. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I wrote a few things about him too. I wonder if we wrote the same things. Probably. We'll find out. Elemento <laughs> <laughs> P is a girl living happily on the fictional island of Nollop off the coast of South Carolina. Nollop was named after Nevin Nollop, author of the immortal phrase containing all the letters of the alphabet, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Now Ella finds herself acting to save her friends, family, and fellow citizens from the encroaching totalitarianism of the island's council, which has banned the use of certain letters of the alphabet as they fall from a memorial statue of Nevin Nollop. As the letters progressively drop from the statue, they also disappear from the novel. The result is both a hilarious and moving story of one girl's fight for freedom of expression and a linguistic tour de force sure to delight word lovers everywhere. So this was written in 2001. Mm. So I didn't realise that. I didn't realise it was so old. I didn't realise initially either. And after I finished, I thought, why did I... Because this was my Mm. pick. And I thought, why did this come onto my radar? And I think it's because there was news that they were going to make a movie out of it. Right. And it was... um, Now, I I made notes about it. the Wikipedia page says that the film is in development as of early 2019. Okay. But then when I clicked on the link for the production company that was supposedly developing it, mm. it's like not, it's like whatever that 404, not found. I feel like everything's in development for a film. <laughs> yeah. Everything says that, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like maybe it's been, I don't know. but It might have been acquired by the mm. film rights and then it's just sitting there in someone's drawer. Yeah. Um, so this was Mark Dunn's first novel as well yeah um he's since written six more novels he's also a playwright um and he's written around 25 full-length plays and he lives in new york i have a little interesting bit of information that i found out about him as well which you've probably got in your notes i think maybe i do (laughs) but you go in 1998, Mark Dunn sued the writers of the movie The Truman Show. Yeah, I thought that I found yeah. this really interesting too. Claiming yep. that the story was based on his off-Broadway play Frank's Life. Now, I did a little bit of digging to see what the outcome of that was and it was really hard. I found lots of articles about, you know, the suing but not the outcome of the suing. Yeah, I was did the same. Did you find yep. out what actually no, happened? No, I couldn't find it either. It might have been dropped, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe they came to some financial arrangement. Arrangement that they couldn't disclose as part of the arrangement. Yeah, non-disclosure, mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So what would you think? I <laughs> crazy loved this book. I was just completely charmed 
and delighted and read it in one big gulp because I just, yeah, yeah just I, loved it so much. I always read the books that we talk about right before we record, so they're fresh in my mind. Mm. And I read this, oh, it took me maybe two hours, three hours, just an evening. I started it and finished it. It was really quick and easy to read. Mm. Um, it was delightful. That's a nice description. Yeah. It was surprising. I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect and it was – it was slightly darker than what I expected it to be. Yeah. I I found it really um, amazing the the juxtaposition of the darkness with the humour. Yeah. Because parts of it were really funny. Mm. I mean, I guess um, we should say about how, the, I guess in the little blurb it talks about it, but they have the statue of Nevin Nollop um, with the... The phrase, uh, the phrase a quick, yeah. the quick brown fox jo- jumps over the lazy dog and then tiles from it begin to fall. And as they fall, instead of replacing the tiles, yeah. they decide it's a sign from Nevin Nollop that he doesn't want the society to use these words anymore. Or the letters, yeah. Sorry, the letters, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I, as the letters drop, initially it's the less used letters of the alphabet, like Z drops first and yeah. then Q, I think, or whatever. And like a, a three-stage punishment process. So you had a, the council of Nollop put out, you know, a broadcast saying, you know, we're not going to be using the letter L anymore in spoken, written, and you can't um, replace it with anything, either like set up a code system or anything like that. It has It's just gone forever. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think it was a... Warning, like a, a official letter from the council warning you. Right. The second was... You could um, choose between a flogging <laughs> and a public... What was that? Uh, when put you, the stocks. The stocks, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and then the third, if you did something again, it was expulsion from the island or, or death. death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we should say that, like, initially... when Did you think when you started reading this that it was set, like, in the past... Yes. Like I thought it was said yes. because the language is so old, oldie, worldy language, yeah. which yeah. I also loved. Yeah. Um, very literary society and yes. very, you know, they put great emphasis on words and language and yes. reading. and Yes. And they outlaw um, television, email, yeah. um, telephone. So they're a nation of letter writers. Yes. And so their language develops as such. And what you realize though, is that they're on this Island and they're, they don't, they don't interact with the rest of American mm. society. And so that's why their language has developed in this way. Yeah. And yes. So if they don't comply with what the council says about not using certain letters, then yes, they get ex- expelled yeah, from the, the States, Island. The United States. Cause I think <coughs> the, the Island is off Massachusetts. Was it? Was it? I thought it was North Carolina. North Carolina. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, um, did we already say the whole book's written in letters? Yeah, it's an. Ep- uh, we, I think we said that last time. Yeah, it's an epistolary, yeah. which I love that as well. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's right. I was talking about the the humor of it mm. when certain letters drop. Um. Like I remember the bit where I was like just so excited was when the D dropped. That was <laughs> felt like the first letter where it was like, how are they actually going to yeah. manage? How are they going to talk about anything in the past yes. tense without the letter D? Yeah. And yeah, the letters begin with the day of the week at mm. the beginning of each. And so council says 
um, now that we can't use the letter D, the word for Wednesday is going to be witty or wetty yeah. or something, yeah, something ridiculous, ridiculous like that. And so that's how that's the bits that were really funny. It was really um, interesting because you know you, it's all in letters to um, different characters within the book, mm. and um, yeah, the the new laws that come into play once all these letters and um, are dropped. Mm. It was really interesting how the society takes a different shape, I guess, mm. and they go from this very literary, beautifully speaking nation mm. to this country that's sounds really illiterate by the end of it because they're right. using all these really strange sentence structures and yeah well they and, and it starts off with they they manage to get around not using certain letters mm. by replacing words with other like synonyms yeah yeah but then obviously as the letters keep dropping they that becomes less and less um, able yeah. yeah yeah and so then the council says well now you can start writing things like if you need an f you can use a ph and so then yeah. you got all sorts of really <laughs> weird spellings you're trying to sound <laughs> things out to figure out what they were saying yeah it was really yeah it was an unusual it's such a quirky unusual little book and so clever so clever a really unusual read yeah, and it wasn't. I mean, I didn't find it laugh out loud. I found it amusing. I yes. guess is my a better description for how I um, found it. Um, but the whole thing is ludicrous and ridiculous, and you know the suspension of belief you need for this one is high. And but at the same time, this sort of because there's this um, layer of, of uh, totalitarianism. In Nollop, it's kind of reflective of where we are in yeah, some countries I, now. I didn't feel like I had to suspend my disbelief that mm. much, actually, because oh, okay. I just felt like, yeah, there are countries totalitarianism. I didn't say that right. Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now I sound like I'm from Nollop. <laughs> um, you know, it does exist, and yeah, um, and it and it made me wonder. Um, if these sorts of uh, parameters were, were around our society, mm. would our language develop the way theirs did? It's an inter- it was, I just felt like it was an interesting thing to ponder how yeah. email and texting affects our language and, yeah. and it makes our language evolve, perhaps. Yeah. You know, you could say for the worse. Yeah, I mean, the time span in this book was nine months or something, so it's not over years or anything mm. it's just this rapid change in people's language and life it was really yeah it's really a quirky little book mm. a couple of staff have read it here and they've been dying for us to hurry up and record so that we can talk about it because we don't let them talk about no. it in front of us like, and no. we're always around <laughs> so nobody right. can talk about it <laughs> would you um classify this as speculative fiction yeah i guess I guess mm. so, and and would you ca- classify it as dystopian? Yes, mm. light dystopian. Mm. Maybe that's a new genre. <laughs> dystopia light. Dystopia L-I-T-E. light. It's, yeah. got, it's got some humor in it too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I would say definitely. Mm. Who should read this? Yeah, word lovers. Yes, I, I am a person. I love Scrabble. I love um, you know words with friends. I love crossword puzzles. Um, Jane's picking a hair off her microphone. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
because I feel like I crazy loved this book, but mm. maybe not everybody who's people might find it trying. I think if you're not into yeah. those things, yeah, I I did read the Goodreads reviews mm. of this book, and again, it was one of those slightly divisive ones. People, most people, loved it and just took it for what it is, which is a really cleverly written, humorous book. Mm. But then there were some who clearly really enjoy highly literary books mm. and they found it a bit, um, just a bit lacking, a bit too light, a bit too um, lacking depth. Mm. Maybe yeah. they wanted this to be a full-blown epic novel. Yeah, I think maybe we read the same um, yeah. <laughs> one-star review yeah, because yeah. The, the guy said, oh, you know, there are much better books to read like Fahrenheit 451 and yeah, Brave which, uh, New World. Yeah, and like, come on. Yeah. I mean, Let's take it for what it is. Yeah. It's not going to be Brave New World. Yeah, and it doesn't have it to can be. be a bit, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, like you say, dystopian light. Yeah, <laughs> L-I-T-E. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that people who do like literary fiction would enjoy this book. Um, as a bit of a just yeah an easier going read yeah a quick read yeah and those who don't who might be off put by highly literary fiction I think this is a nice little gateway book yeah absolutely it, it's very accessible yeah yeah yep so oh, so many new terms this already <laughs> gateway gateway literary gateway drug yeah <laughs> gateway yeah. book yeah. <laughs> well cool let us know what you think yeah we'd love to know definitely join the Facebook group and tell yeah. us. Absolutely. Now, now, what, what else gonna, have you read? Well, I feel like I've read heaps because because this book was so short and yeah. I read it at the beginning of the month and then I needed other stuff to read. Mm. So I've read heaps of other things and um, so maybe I shouldn't deep dive too much okay. into each one. I'll maybe yeah, just I've say read, something really quick. I've read each. two things as well. Okay. Um, so reading three novels in one month is, you know. As a mum. Yeah. With... Things Amazing. to do. I feel yeah. like telling everyone about it. I know. I'm Let's so do impressed. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I read Baby Teeth by I'm just realizing as I'm looking at this that I don't need I don't know how to say this author's name. <laughs> um Zoji Stage. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one out in the collection. It's got kind of a compelling cover. It's it's a lollipop. Do you say lollipop here or yeah. sucker? No, don't don't say sucker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> lollipop uh, that's been crunched in those little bits um anyway mm. and I keep seeing it um <clears throat> I kept seeing it so I thought yeah I want to read that one it's the cover says it's we need to talk about Kevin meets Gone Girl meets The Omen Ooh. I'm like oh that's totally my kind of book yeah and I did not like it oh <laughs> um they say that I can see why they say um it's um, we need to talk about Kevin mm-hmm. because it's about a little girl who loves her daddy, wants her mother out of the picture, seems evil and um, is out to get the mother and the mother is grappling with mm. her sanity kind of. Um, but I feel like the comparison to we need to talk about Kevin ends there because, uh, well, w- you and I both mm. love we need to talk about yeah. Kevin I thought it was a literary masterpiece. This is nowhere near it. Okay. Um, it was, I didn't know if it was trying to be literary or if it was genre fiction, because at some points it sort of seems a bit like horror. Oh, and okay. Yeah, but um, but it wasn't scary though. Um, so 
Yeah, some of the child's internal monologues seemed really implausible for a child of the oh, age that she's I supposed hate to that be. Sort of stuff. And she was such a brat. <laughs> Which I mean, Kevin Kevin was pretty hard to take mm. too, but I felt like the payoff was the amazing story and the way she unfolded the the twist and all of that. There was no twist in this. It's nothing like Gone Girl, um, and it's not scary, so it's not like The Omen. So I was really disappointed by oh. this book yeah yeah okay that's that <laughs> one <laughs> um i read two other novels this month um both of which were um proof copies which i was lucky enough to have but one of them it's a proof copy but it was already released in april so this is called the flat share by beth o'leary um like i said this came out in april and I read, I chose this to read because last month I really enjoyed Happiness for Humans and that slight rom com English novel. So I'm like, I want something like that. Mm. And I found it. It's exactly that. Ah. So it's um, Beth O'Leary's first novel. She wrote this book, um, Commuting to Work on in London on the train. Amazing. So she wrote it back and forth on the train. Um, it's charming. It's sweet. It's a contemporary rom-com. I can't even remember the plot. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's right. So the names, honestly, Tiffy. <laughs> Tiffy and Leon. And it's and it's British? It's British. Tiffy kind of American. Tiffy and Leon. Uh, Tiffy needs to move out of her home, her flat, because she's just broken up with her horrible, controlling boyfriend. And she can't afford anything because it's London. And um, Leon is a nurse, a okay. night nurse. And he needs a flatmate, but he only lives in a one-bedroom flat. So he works nights and so they, he advertised his flat share that he would be – he would have the place at night. No, he'd have it in the day mm. and Tiffy would have it at night. Right. So they share a bed, a wardrobe, oh, a bed yeah, even. the whole thing. So right. she, she gets the bed at night, he gets it during the day to sleep for his night shift. So mm. anyway, he advertises it, she gets it. She's quirky and fun and wears crazy stuff <laughs> and, you know, so stereotypical of these sorts of quirky girl books. Right. And Leon's, you know, straight down the line and very serious and, you know, all of this. Anyway... As you can imagine, romance ensues. <laughs> <laughs> and it's – look, this is not going to win the Miles Franklin, <laughs> let's be honest, but it was really sweet and really funny and really quirky. And Sometimes you need a nice read like was, that. Yeah, I really – I yeah, I devoured it in a right. couple of nights. It was really sweet. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit. I, I feel like that's had some uh, – Bit of traction yeah. around the place. Yeah, yep. I was talking to someone about it yesterday and they said they've seen it around as well. So mm. I've got the proof copy, so I don't actually know what the cover looks like, but it's yeah. Do you it think you really could cute. share a bed with a stranger that like not no. at the same time as them, but swap back and forth no. with somebody you just met? Gross. No, <laughs> totally gross. What are you gonna change the sheets every day? Yeah, you wouldn't and yeah. Of course not. But anyway, <laughs> as you can imagine. They fell in love and, right. you know, I'm not ruining anything by it because it's so obvious. Right. Um, if you like Marion Keys and Jojo Moyers, this is the book for you. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
is it bad that I'm going to talk about another one that I didn't like? <laughs> I didn't no. do very well this month, except for Element OP. <laughs> Element OP was the bright star at the beginning of my mm, month, and then it went all, down. No, nah, it went down from there. But this is another one where I've seen, I think they've got, this is um an author duo. They wrote mm. this book together, and I think they've got another one. I meant to check this before we started the podcast, and I didn't. But anyway, it's Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of them before. It's a book called The Wife Between Us. Um, and I listened to this book on audiobook, and I will say that the um, person who um, read the audiobook was very talented. She was um, brilliant. Um, but... Um, the, what it says is, when you read this book, you will make many assumptions. You will assume you are reading about a jealous ex-wife. You will assume she is obsessed with her replacement, a beautiful younger woman who is about to marry the man they both love. You will assume you know the anatomy of this tangled love triangle. Assume nothing. Mm, yeah, sounds good. And it does have plot twists in it. And the first plot twist I did see coming, but it doesn't always bother me. Like in We Need to Talk About Kevin, I saw the plot twist coming. But if it's handled well, then that's cool with me. Um, but at towards the end, the twists kept coming and they started to get a bit ridiculous. So, yeah, and it was a bit um, cliche with mm. like the, you know, the woman who's a teacher and she falls in love with this wealthy older man. And I don't know, it's a bit cliche. So, yeah, big cliche twists were kind of ridiculous. Mm. So did not love it. But the audiobook narrator is really good. <laughs> Silver lining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, there's another one for your not to read list. Not to read. <laughs> but again, if you disagree, tell me. I read another book which I am so excited to talk about, which is called Fake by Stephanie Wood. I want to read this one of yours. Oh, it was honestly, it's one of the best books I've read at least this year. It was fabulous. Now, this is getting a lot of, um, or has been getting a lot of media attention. I think it's come out. I think it only just came out um, in August, I think. So it's quite new. So she's Stephanie's a freelance um, long-form features writer. She's written for the Sydney Morning Herald, Good Weekend, The Age, Wall Street Journal, tons of stuff. Um, so she's a bit of an investigative journalist as well. So she writes those, you know, like in something like Vanity Fair, there's like a 10-page article about some sort of whatever. Mm. That's the kind of stuff that she's writing. Right. So this is non-fiction. This is her first novel. Um, this is a book about her experience with a man that she fell in love with and realised that everything that he had told her and told her about himself and his life and his experiences was all a lie. Wow. The whole thing was fabricated. And he's base was basically a con man. So I'm mean, I'm not ruining any surprises by telling you that because it's you know that's what it's on. about. Yeah, it's called fake. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So it's actually about that. So it's um, about the development of their relationship and then how she found out and then subsequently because she's an investigative journalist, she investigated. Him. Yeah, what was he doing going for an investigative journalist? Well, I mean, there's still – well, that's right. I mean, there was some um, talk about, you know, surely he had to have known that she would 
do this mm. and whether this was like oh an that's of, his plan yeah because there's definitely an appetite for this sort of book if you mm. look at um well catfish it seems like yeah. the original and then that dirty john yeah i i yeah listened to the dirty john podcast and i watched yeah. the was it netflix or i don't know yeah but anyway there was a mm. show um yeah really interesting yeah it was um so beautifully written she's a fabulous writer really um you know, the imagery that she creates and it's so unflinching and raw and um, I'm really hoping that she keeps writing. I mean, obviously she had this to write about but she would make – she'd be a wonderful fiction writer as well. Just really oh, – it's brilliant. Uh, um, did, was it your own copy that you – or was it a library? Uh, I need to I need to borrow that. That's I totally think it was mine. I think it was mine. Can I borrow yeah, it from yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. A friend's got it at the moment. I oh, think okay. my mum's got it at the moment. <laughs> I'll get it from her. Um, so it's really well researched. It's absorbing. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, I just – everyone should read this. It's yeah. really good. I'm definitely reading that. And it's getting awesome. lots of traction. You know, they're doing um, – you know how magazines will publish like excerpt, excerpts from books like this? So she's getting lots of that sort of um, publication and lots of friends have read it. They've, they all love it as well. So yep. get – on this one. Yeah, that sounds really good. definitely like a yeah. good one. Um, now, this next one, I wouldn't say is for everybody, but if you, I've mentioned on the podcast before about how I'm a true crime um, <coughs> consumer. Um, <laughs> and one of the true crime podcasts that I listen to is um, called My Favorite Murder um, by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And it's hugely popular. And they've put a book out called stay sexy and don't get murdered which is their <laughs> tagline from the show mm. um so i it's a sort of part biography part mental well-being um sort of book and i would say for fans of the podcast it's a must read it's just more of the the host which i think is why that um, podcast is so popular because they're they're really real they're really honest they um they're funny they're both um really funny and um, they're really candid about their struggles with mental health and substance abuse and family issues um, so yeah if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to get to know those two a little more um, yeah it's um, definitely um, I would definitely recommend it and it it's there's a book and there's also an audiobook um, that is of course um, narrated by the two authors so I mean yeah, there's it's a reason nice, why. It's always nice, isn't it, when it's narrated by the author? Yeah. I, I, I read the actual book and then I put the audiobook on hold too just to – I just started listening to a little bit of it and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. They're, yeah, it's really, really good. So Nice one. Yeah, so that one was a good one. Cool. I haven't read anything else. Okay, I'll talk about one more sure. that I read. Um, Room for a Stranger by Melanie Chang. Mm -hmm. So she won the Victorian Premier's Literary Award for Fiction in 2016 for a collection of um, stories called um, Australia Day. And I had seen this one around a bit too, so I, I picked it up. Fans, I am definitely in the minority on this book because people say it's beautiful and gentle and um and sort of soft and lovely i just found it 
boring. Oh. It's about <laughs> it's about this older woman who um, she lives on her own and she has an incident where someone tries to break in, so she feels unsafe in her house. So she puts um, a call out for somebody to have a room in her home, and so she takes in um, a young um, Asian foreign student. Um, into her home and it's about their relationship but I just found the actions of the characters to be really implausible sometimes Mm. like frustratingly so I just thought nobody would do that (laughs) (laughs) Um, and um, so yeah it really put me off but lots of people loved it and like I say they said it was tender and touching and all that stuff yeah gross yeah so that was my reading for this month. It was you a bit have a lot sad. Of luck, did you? No, I did not. Mm. What's that? Well, do you want to talk about that? Yes, I want to. Well, it it ties into what okay, we're sure. um, going to talk about because oh right yeah, yeah I have um I'll just tell you the story okay about how I met Margaret Atwood yes <laughs> please so um back in about 2011 um the mayor of Toronto was Rob Ford now I don't know if you vi- could might remember Rob Ford because he gained international attention around that time because he was videotaped um, high on cocaine and um, acting bizarrely Mm. and his bizarre um, behavior sort of continued and he became late night fodder for people like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon yeah and then he actually went on the Jimmy Fallon show like the mayor of Toronto so crazy anyway um and um so his right-hand man was his brother, Doug Ford. Now, since Rob Ford has died, and now Doug Ford is the mayor of Toronto. But anyway, at the time, um, they were talking about cutting, uh, they were going to close some libraries in Toronto um, to save money. I mean, these are both sort of on the right end of the political spectrum, conservative, you know, businessmen type people. And so, um, yeah, they were going to close these libraries and of course Margaret Atwood is a huge proponent of libraries as I'm sure you're not surprised to find out and um, she's also big on Twitter so she got on Twitter and started tweeting her support for libraries and Doug Ford um, made a comment about you know Margaret Atwood I wouldn't know her if she if I ran into her on the street (laughs) which you know, what an outrageous thing to say. It's basically like saying, I don't read yeah, any I'm books. I'm ignorant of everything. And why mm. would you, first of all, admit it and then, but make it seem like you're proud of it? Yeah, like you're the cool guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I was trying to work out if there is a, an Australian equivalent to Margaret Atwood. Like, Margaret mm. Atwood is, is, literary um, Mm. royalty in Canada. She's been publishing for 40 or 50 years. I mean, she, her face is just, she's an icon in Canada. So the fact that Doug Ford would say he wouldn't know her if he, you know, ran into her on the street was just, um, yeah. Embarrassing for him. Yeah, and he was not embarrassed by it. (laughs) Anyway, so I at the time was working for the Hamilton Public Library, which is a city west of Toronto. And somebody who worked there as well wrote an article that ended up in the Hamilton paper that said, hey, Margaret Atwood, you know, 
we we love you here in Hamilton and we support libraries. And so through that, Margaret Atwood ended up coming to the Hamilton Library and doing a talk. And that is how I got my book, my Margaret Atwood writing book, A Writer on Writing, Negotiating with the Dead, signed. <gasps> Look at that. For me. And it even says to Paula. And it is, I know, it's my <laughs> prized possession. <laughs> I'll put a picture of it on the, yeah, on the Facebook group. Yeah. So... That's my story about how I met Margaret Atwood. <laughs> and that's the segue into our book for next yes. month. And I know we normally announce this at the end, but because we're talking about it anyway. Um, yep. So next month's book that we're going to read is The Testaments, which comes out on the 10th of September. So we're going to get it the second it hits the shelves yep. and read it. So this is the follow-up to... Um, the Handmaid's, the Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Of course, yep. Um, so I'll just read the tiny little bit of a um, spiel. It does say, that's, this is from a publisher, this little spiel. So it's saying that there's a lot of secrecy around the release. Nobody's been getting advanced copies. Nobody except for the Booker Prize judges because it's already been long listed for the 2019 Booker Prize and it's not even out yet. <laughs> So they've obviously um, read it. Um, this is what we do know. It takes place 15 years after the original Handmaid's Tale and it's told by the perspective of three different women in Gilead. Given the amount of recent material from Trump's immigration camps to the rolling back of women's reproductive rights and Atwood's own assertion that sci-fi writers predict the future, The Testaments is set to be a terrifying, terrifyingly stark and present read. Can't wait. Yes. Yes. I'm nervous about it. <laughs> because, yeah, Jane... I could barely get through The Handmaid's Tale mm. and I've not been able to watch the series at all. It's pretty full on. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had feedback from listeners that they would love us to talk about this, read this book and talk about it. So we're listening. We're bowing to public pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be reading this and talking about it next month. So that's exciting. And that's going to be big news coming out yep. as well. So um, Paul is beside herself with excitement <laughs> about this, this release. So that's next month's book, Yay. which is exciting. Shall I talk a little bit about other stuff coming Please out? Please do. Now, I will say we're getting to the pointy end of the year, so tons of stuff is coming out. Heaps of stuff comes out from now through till November-ish in time for Christmas and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not even going to get through everything because there's so much, but I've got a couple of articles that we'll link on the Facebook group page Yep. so you guys can have a look at um, what else is coming out because there's just, yeah, there's tons of stuff. Um, one that's getting a bit of um, promotion at the moment is called The Rich Man's House by Andrew McGarn. He is an Australian author. This comes out on the 2nd of September. Um he is Miles Franklin Award-winning author of The White Earth, which I've not read. Have you read that? No. Okay, me either. Um, so this is coming out. Now, the sad thing about this is that Andrew um, passed away at the beginning of the year. He's only a young guy. He looks like he's in his, I don't know, 40s Wow. maybe. Um, he died on the 1st of February this year um, and he'd already obviously finished this book oh, and wow. another collection of short stories for children that will be published in 2020. Um, so he knew that this would be his last book. Oh, he knew. Book. Yeah. Oh, 
Did he have cancer? Or, I think right. so. I think so. Mm. Um, so he's from Queens. He's a Queensland author. Um, this book, I won't read the big long blurb about it, um, but it's a thriller, psychological thriller. I do Might like be those. up your alley. So yep. that's The Rich Man's House by Andrew McGann. Um, another one that's getting a lot of um, – there's a lot of chat about is Lucy Trelaw's Wolf Island. Mm. I have this – book already and I've just started it. I'm only maybe, I don't know, what would you say, Paula? 30, 30 40, 40 pages, pages in. Mm. Um, it's really good. So she, Lucy Trelaw wrote um, Salt Creek, which was an award-winning book, awards which I can't remember off the top of my mm. head. Did you read Salt Creek? No. Right. No. Mm. But um, at the Pan Macmillan um, Roadshow the other week, um, the publicists are touting this as – the big book for summer or one of the big books of summer. Right. Um, so that is Wolf Island by Lucy Trelaw. Um, what else? Jeffrey Arch has got a new series starting. Um, his new book's called Nothing Ventured. That comes out this month. Have you read Jeffrey Archer? No. Me he's either. one of those genre writers that I, th- I think, yeah, we should read outside our you know, normal genres, and he's one I should read. I have like never him, read anything. Janet Ivanovich. I've never even read James Me Patterson. Me either. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel a bit better now. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, doing well, aren't we? Um, so this is a new series, um, Nothing Ventured. The cover looks quite nice. I don't know. The cover appeals to me. Looks kind oh, of, yeah. It's not as know. dark as yeah. those yeah sorts of books thing. usually are. Mm. Um one that is also exciting that's coming out this month is Paul West, who is the host of River Cottage Australia. He's got a book coming out called The Edible Garden Cookbook and Growing Guide. Two things about this that are exciting. One, the book looks gorgeous. I've, I haven't seen it in real life, but I've seen some images from it. And it's a really beautiful, big non-fiction book with gardening stuff and cooking stuff and beautiful pictures of rustic gardens mm. and shooks and stuff all that sort of thing that I like (laughs) that you love yeah um and the second thing about that is that he is coming to talk at our library on 27th of September and he will be interviewed by Sophie Thompson from Gardening Australia who is you know beloved by South Australians Mm. um so they'll be doing a conversation um for the for the release of his book at the end of this month so there are still tickets so get on ASAP. Yeah. If you would like to come along to that, that should be a really fun night. Um, Louis Thoreau. Do you watch Louis Thoreau? I do. I do like Louis Thoreau. Yeah, we do too. He's got a book coming out called Gotta Get Through This. <laughs> Thoreau This. Thoreau. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. Um, very punny. That's your sort of thing. Yep. <laughs> um, and that looks, it's about, it's the tagline is My Life and Strange Times in Television. So that would be, he's very popular. Um, and I think that that would be a nice read and a great one for Christmas time and oh, summer yeah. holidays to mm. sit and read that one. Mm. Um, I know I'm whipping through these. Tell no, me that's if you want good. Me to slow no, down. We're, yeah, you've got lots. So I know. Now, this is Harper Collins. They've got, this is another one that I haven't read that. I should have. Um, <laughs> Tracy Chevalier, who wrote uh, Girl with a Pearl Earring. Oh, you're right. She's got a new book coming out called A Single Thread that comes out in September. It's a historical fiction type of a book. Um, Girl with a Pearl Earring, 20 years old. Oh, wow. I know. Can you wow. believe that? No, I cannot. Have you read it? No. Me either. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should admit to so many I books know. we haven't read. I did a post on Facebook the other day about the books. It was a bookshop actually yeah. had a display of books that I can't. I, I think saw it was. That, do you yeah. see that? Was it books yeah. we say we've read and yes. we haven't, or yes. something like that? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Girl, the pearl earrings yep. probably on that list. <laughs> um, so this is a wartime sort of era book. Um, Rachel Treasure, who is an Australian author, um, she wrote the book Jillaroo in 2002, which is a long time ago now, but mm. she kick-started that um, Ruro genre. Which oh, I yes. Just the worst <laughs> Ruro. Ruro. Did, you, did you ever watch 30 Rock? Yes. Do you remember when um, one of the characters goes for that audition for the... <laughs> that movie the rural juror do you remember that <laughs> no. and it's this mouth was anyway. it the blonde girl yeah yeah <laughs> and it always makes me think of ruro makes me think of the rural juror, rural juror. <laughs> that was That's the movie <laughs> anyway rachel's written 12 books very aussie very um country people love rachel treasure and yes. she's we've had her here um before as well and she's lovely oh. so that'll be a big book for summer that people will love to read. Cool. Um, I think that's – I whipped through that really quickly. Um, there's an article that came out from stylist.co.uk, an article called September's Best New Books. We're going to link that article um, to the Facebook page yep. um, because there's so much cool stuff coming out and, you know, we could sit here for two hours talking about new books. But – We'll link that so you can have a bit of a look. Yeah, and that'll see be, what else is coming that'll out. That'll be a good read. Yeah, right. So that's that. Yeah, put a hold on the testaments yes. and read along with us. Yes, come back next month. See what we thought. Yep, I'm nervous. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Actually, I'm sure it probably won't be fine. It'll be but hideous. It'll and be traumatic. Yeah, <laughs> but then you can come here and it'll be like therapy. You can okay. talk about it. And All right, sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Jane. Okay, bye. Bye. So, yeah, it really put me off, but lots of people loved it. And like I say, they said it was tender and touching and tender all that and stuff. touching. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>